You are listening to This is Oklahoma, hosted by Mike Hearn, telling stories of Oklahomans and those that have made it their home. This podcast is presented by the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, telling Oklahoma stories through its people since 1927. Follow them online at oklahomahof.com and definitely on Instagram at oklahomahof. Let's get into today's episode. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This is Oklahoma. Mike Hoon here, your host, back with another episode in Oklahoma City today. Talk to you about some farming and ranching. Nikki Callison's with me from Callison Ranch uh, just to dive into it. And I mean, you have a wonderful social media presence, and I love someone who takes uh, time in their social media and values it as a, a significant way to market a business and, and the stuff and tell the stories that you do. Because, I mean, moving into the modern world everybody's on their you know on their instagram and their thumbs are moving so i do appreciate other people's instagram and i think yours is definitely one of them well thank you mike it's great to be here with you the instagram has been a new world over the last few years and i just i just love it because it's an opportunity to to take our ranching life from day to day and we are very active on our stories and showing what we're doing um across the rolling hills of oklahoma yeah, and, and most people wouldn't assume that Oklahoma has rolling hills, but from way you know down where you guys are at, it it, it it's beautiful out there, yes. isn't it? Thank you. And I I get it. I get the sense when when people who I meet who are in farming and ranching, there is a certain understanding of sunrise, sunset, just peace and quiet out there even though your knees are probably hurting you your hands are definitely hurting because you i mean it's not an easy job to do so those those moments when the sun's going up or coming down in oklahoma is over the pasture and stuff and seeing your cow out there that's a that's a special moment and you get to live that every day sometimes we do we do it's um it it is hard work but it's very satisfying it's it's a good life good way to raise kids yeah so you grew up i mean in the in the business growing up, I mean, your family's been in ranching with generations. Yes, um, well, Oklahoma ranchers for three generations, I guess, here in Oklahoma. But I grew up on a two thousand acre cattle ranch right on the Oklahoma Texas border, mm-hmm. and with four brothers. So very very busy. My parents' ranch motto was raising kids, cattle, and quality horses, <laughs> and, and I think they took the kids part very seriously. And um, it was called McCoy Ranch. Yeah. And a great great way to grow up. But when I got to be a senior in high school, I thought I want to see the big world. Mm-hmm and actually moved to Texas, got a degree in history, and taught school for about 10 years. Wow. But I can tell you the day that I knew I was headed back to Oklahoma, where my heart is. Yeah. And I was sitting with some friends outside a Mexican restaurant, having chips and salsa, and I realized that there was nowhere that I could go around Dallas that I could find peace and quiet like I could on the ranch. And that's when I decided to to make my way back to Oklahoma, and I'm so glad I did, because two weeks later, I met my husband, who's also an Okie. Yeah. Did you, so growing up, obviously, like, you're on the ranch, you're doing everything, you know, it's it, it, all hands on deck, isn't it? You know, if yes. you're old enough to work, you're working. Yes. Do you just get sick of it and think, I, I'm going to go do, like, something else? I'm going to go work in the classroom. I, I think, I think there are people who yeah. feel that way, but I never felt that way. As a, whatever we were doing on, on the ranch, we were doing it as a family, and, um, you know, it, it's how you grow up. It, it gives you an identity with your family. Everybody else is working just as hard as you are. So you really don't see it as, oh, I'm, I'm 
you know, I'm slaving away. That's not how you see it. It's like right. there's an animal in need. It's our job to take care of them. Yeah. Do you now watch Yellowstone and just cringe at some yes. of this stuff? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I figured. And, you know, and I, I think the one of the biggest cringe moments is just, um, I have to say, is the language because none of the cowboys I know talk that way. Yeah. <laughs> That's one thing that just came to mind. I was like, everyone loves Yellowstone. It's such a good TV show. But from a real as you know, from a real life perspective, it's not good. You know, though, I think from a social media perspective, sure. it has made so many people interested in what we do mm-hmm. because they're like, we want to see what real ranchers do. Yeah. And so it has piqued a, a Western interest, if you will. Yeah. And hey, if you're on the ranch and you need volunteers, like, come on down. and we, <laughs> You can shovel as much crap as you want to shovel. Yes, exactly. <laughs> not, not, not that that's all you do, but hey, if there's work to be done, we can find work for you, which is awesome. So, so where does the love of history come in then? If you think, I'm going to go teach history, you must have loved history growing up. I, I, you know, actually, no. When I, my first year of college, yeah. I had an incredible history professor, and it opened my eyes to history, and I just really, really love it. So Yeah. So from a young age then, you're growing up, education was big for you, so you were definitely going to college, yes. and that was the plan. Yes. Um, Education is what brought my dad to Oklahoma from Iowa. Okay. He came um, on a rodeo scholarship to Oklahoma State University in the 1960s and stayed and met my mom there, who comes from an Oklahoma ranching family. Um, Her dad was an Oklahoma State representative and a rancher down in the southeastern part of the state. Yeah. I mean... we could sit and talk about ranching and generations for a long time, which we will today, but I'm sure we could talk for a very long time about mm-hmm. it because there's so much rich history there. So did you follow Dad's footsteps and go to Oklahoma State? I did not. Okay. I actually um, ended up in school in Texas, mm-hmm. and that's how I, Closer I stayed to home. there. Yeah. That was closer to home? No, no, no. no it was, really? Yeah, down by uh, Arlington, Texas. Okay. Yeah. So uh, was was dad not happy with that or was it just, you know it, what, it, it my, my parents were wherever you want to go. That's really nice to yeah. have because it's not like, hey, it's orange and that's it. And it's, yeah, no. uh, you know, it's America's <laughs> brightest orange and that's the only place you're going or but, you're not going to university. But I should say that my husband is a huge Oklahoma State fan and he he graduated from there. So, yeah. Yeah. so then that's when you meet the professor that teaches you in history and you think I'm going to fall in love with history. I'm going to become a teacher. And when, being a teacher in Texas is much better than being a teacher in Oklahoma, <laughs> as people listening will know. Well, and in Texas, you actually get a degree in a subject, history, math, gotcha. whatever, and then you're certified to teach. Whereas in Oklahoma, you might get a degree in education. So it's a little different. And yeah. so, you know, I wasn't sure with, um, you know, a history degree if I would go on and do something else with that. But yeah. but I love teaching in Plano. So, what I mean, when you become teacher, when you become a teacher and you start teaching, do you what age group do you teach? Because there's a very fine line between. Yes. I mean, you've got to be a very specific person to love teaching little kids, <laughs> right? Well, I taught fourth and fifth grade, so I taught more than just history. Yeah. But I found that growing up on a ranch with four brothers made me a perfect candidate for teaching. <laughs> <laughs> 
So you're the oldest or the youngest? I am the second. I have an older brother okay. and three younger brothers. Yeah. So again, right in the middle. But you're the only girl. So yes. You're, are you a... Uh, were you treated like a princess the whole time or were you treated like one of the boys? No, no. And you know, I wasn't treated like a princess, yeah. but I wasn't a tomboy either. Yeah. So a lot of people ask me, were you a tomboy? And I no, but, but if we were out, um, you know, swimming in the pond, I was right in the middle of it. So, yeah, which is a great, I mean, I, I've said this so many times on the podcast, I'm 31. I grew up playing outside. I grew yes. up pre kind of you know, Call of Duty generation on Xbox mm-hmm. and PlayStation. I, you know, I broke my arm riding my bike. Like, I, I kind of have those experiences. People don't have those experiences anymore. And I think the only place that they do have those experiences is if they grow up in a ranching family. Well, I think there's Facebook. other areas in Oklahoma that you can do that as well. Yeah. But definitely you're going to get that on a ranch. And, and like you said before, when you are old enough to... If you want to carry buckets, you know, no one's going to say, well, you're too young to do that. Whatever, you, you know, you start early. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. So, so you're in the teaching world then. You're living in Plano. You're far removed kind of from the daily ranching, mm-hmm. kind of all of that stuff, you know, sun up to sundown work and, and away from family a little bit. What kind of just brings you back then? Why would you just, I mean, 10 years is a long time to be in an industry and, and a career for a lot of people. Do you just think, oh, just, I miss it? I, I, I did miss it. Yeah. I did miss it. And my heart was, I'm, I need to get back to, to Oklahoma. And I guess there was a plan because, like I said, I, I met my husband here. But I found that, that the work ethic <laughs> that I had learned served me very well. Um, I also did not realize until I went to college that there was anything remotely like a glass ceiling. You hear a lot of people say, talk about women and a a glass ceiling. That was not, you know, anything that I wanted to do on the ranch. You know, my dad's very supportive and, and, um, and not just on the ranch off of it, whether it be educational wise or whatever. So, so it was almost a little bit of a culture shock for me to see that, that there might be a discrepancy out in the world. But, um, but you know, all of the different things that we do in life bring us, you know, it kind of, we add it to our toolbox, so to speak. And I look now on my social media and I realize that it's my teaching background where I'm teaching people about what we do on the ranch here in Uh Oklahoma. Um, my photography background, you know, is great for Instagram. So, I mean, there's, there's all of these aspects that I think, um, you know, as you go through the journey of life, it, it serves you and whatever you're doing next. The storytelling element really helps. And you're right. I think a lot of people see, you know, ranching and, and people who are selling, you know, the, the product that comes from it, they don't, they don't, they're not educated enough. I think that's the problem, right? Is we don't get educated enough on the benefits of, you know, the meat or whatever, it, and any product, whatever it is, you know, and then that's, they just think, oh, it's, it's easy to just go to Walmart and grab something else rather than buying it. Like I said, from, from you guys, you know, at the ranch or, or another provider, whoever it is, there's, there's great, you know, ranches that sell meat around the state. Education is the big problem, right? You don't get the word across and, but having that ability to tell stories in a way that people actually want to listen and watch mm-hmm. where they're on their Instagram has probably served you a really, really, you it, know, it does. I think also, really well. um, 
you know, a few generations ago, everybody had a grandfather or an uncle or somebody that had a farm, you know, that they might go visit in the summertime or, or whatever. And now I find more and more families that are two or three generations separated mm-hmm. and they want that connection. They want that connection with a personal rancher. They want that connection with their food source. They are hearing all of this noise out there about that they should be af- afraid of their food or whatever. And, and I, think, I think they enjoy seeing there are really good people who are professionals at what they do feeding not just America, but the world. Yeah. Backing up a little bit, because I don't want to you know, miss this bit. Of, of Obviously, your maiden name is McCoy. McCoy yes. is a very famous kind of riding in, <laughs> in Oklahoma. It is. And it obviously, is. you have pretty famous brothers in that. Were you equally as like, I want to get on a horse, I want to do all the riding and, and be, all, be as competitive as your brothers? Yes. I actually, uh, even when I was teaching school the summertime, I would um, barrel race competitively at a professional level. Wow. So, yes, definitely growing up. And I rode English and Western and, um, you know, it just, horses I loved. Um, But yeah, my brothers, a lot of people in Oklahoma don't even know that they have a sister, I think, because I'm a little bit older than they are. (laughs) And they were on the Amazing Race three times. So I think that that gets um, a lot more traction. Well, for the people who don't know, like myself, don't know the difference, what's the difference between Western and English? Um, Mainly the type of riding and the saddle. Okay. So like if you see someone with the... um, the saddle that's the English saddle with no saddle horn and the iron stirrups uh-huh. and maybe they're j- jumping like in the Olympics, that's going to be an English style of riding okay. as opposed to the Western that you're going to see on the ranch with the, you know, the Western style okay. saddle. Yeah. So to be good at both is, I mean, do people mostly just kind of like focus on one and that that's their craft or do they do both? They, they usually focus on one, okay. but, um, I, I loved both, and my dad thought that it made us better riders yeah. to have to do different things. Yeah, that makes total sense. Did yes. you ever think when you watched the Olympics, did you think, oh, I'd love to do that one yes. day and be there? Yes. Right? I have never I have never um, jumped with uh-huh. a horse or played polo, and those are two things I would love to do. Yeah. that Because, I mean, that's a thing, obviously, that people, you know, back home, and I, I was in a house the other day, and, and there was a giant painting on the wall of, of you know, the the people back home in the UK and in their red coats and they were going fox, fox hunting. hunting yes and I was telling my friend that I said fox hunting is now banned in the UK but they allow it on one day a year and it's the day after Christmas okay it's still banned right but they just kind of put up with <laughs> it for all, one day yeah. of the year you know no one's I love gonna, it no one's gonna stop them because everybody's doing it <laughs> yes but it's really cool to see them just jumping you know riding through the fields jumping hedges you know that are six to eight feet high I would think you would have you to know? be fearless to do oh, that oh yeah I can't imagine oh, no thanks you know and I'm I've never really been comfortable on a horse. I yeah. had a terrible experience when I was a kid, and it's kind of ruined me, and I need to get over that fear and get back on a horse. But, you know, they're, they're amazing creatures. They're, they're, they're beautiful, and obviously horse racing in the U.K. is quite a big you know, okay. big sport, and yes. you know, horse racing tracks and, and owners. And that's the horse racing that I see when I grew up. I never saw, the obviously, the farming and the ranching side uh-huh. and the barrel racing side. I mean, that's a serious skill, and you've got to have a lot of confidence, both of you, to, to do that. So well, I'm sure it was exhilarating to it, do that. It was exhilarating, and um, I enjoyed that time in my life. But I think being able to ride also makes it fun now mm-hmm. on my social media because I um, we lease 1,400 acres from the Nature Conservancy. Okay. And just to kind of give you a little background with that, they 
um, there's an area that we call the Prairie Preserve that's close to where we are, and they are researching that area and how can we, um, you, you know, take this land back to how it was at the prairie and how it changes. And yeah. so anytime that I'm out there checking our steers in the summer, I may see a van of college students from Kansas or Oklahoma, you know, come across. Yeah. But we don't use any type of wheeled vehicles out there. So I go check the cattle on my horse. And when I'm out riding, I just take my cell phone and I may be galloping across the pasture and videoing and talking and I'm constantly have people ask me who's out there videoing you while you're doing that and I'm like uh nobody just, just me. me just me <laughs> <laughs> oh that's so good you're right though because uh, and to that point like there's so many ecosystems in Oklahoma right and that's one of the great things about this state but the fact that you you know you get to see firsthand the kind of rehabilitation of an ecosystem by and share it yeah it's awesome so I may get off my horse and be like okay look at these bees all over this or or right. you know see how the cactus is blooming or you know it, it's it's fun to, I guess that's the teacher side of me sure that that wants to get off and I have people from all over the U.S. that are like oh we yeah. love when you you know when you're on the prairie so right yeah and it, it also gives you kind of like they they people see you riding your horse like okay she's like legit she's real she's grown up she's not just someone who's so. like sold the business <laughs> opportunity to go sell meat it's like oh yeah now I do this yeah. you know like coming from teaching but back to teaching and, and writing professionally at the same time did any students find out or any of your peers and teachers like what are you doing on the weekend are you sure like, yeah yeah sometimes what did they think sometimes they just think that you was know the i think thing? i think that um they really enjoyed some of the stories that i had to tell not just from rodeoing more just growing up on a ranch because it yeah. was different and and you know we had a we had a mule we called samuel <laughs> <laughs> Very, very clever, I'm sure. And, yeah. you know, my brothers and I would back him into the pond and get get on him and jump off and swim. And, you know, those aren't things that, that kids growing up in Dallas, Texas, you know, had had seen. But yeah. but um, I enjoyed telling the stories. So. Yeah. So so then fast forward, then you make it back. You think I'm done teaching. Mm -hmm. I'm moving home. I'm going to do the, the get back in the family business. Actually, no, really? because my family, um, you know, by that time, my brothers were married, had their own land or places. Um, my dad and mom had had started in the um, they actually raised professional bucking bulls. And so our ranching life had changed. Okay. And so it was my husband when he and I got married. He had grown up in a ranching family uh -huh. from up by Miami, Oklahoma, uh -huh. and uh, had a has a degree from Oklahoma State in ag economics. And um, we, when we started dating, um, we talked about what do we see our life looking like? And he actually has a commodity trading business that he continues, but we said, you know, we want to raise children on a ranch. Yeah. And um, fast forward just a little bit, um, after we were married a year and a half, we actually adopted three children all at one time. Amazing. That were full siblings. Yeah. Um, from the state of Oklahoma, and so that's incredible. Um, they are they are grown now, but it was it was quite an adventure, and yeah. just living in the country was a good way for them to to grow up. How how does that how does that come about? How do you like? Because um, I had the similar conversation with Dr. Shrum. She in fact she also uh, has three adopted kids oh, I didn't from, from Ethiopia. That. Yeah. Okay. Um, the, and, and they're all at Oklahoma State, actually. I think. 
uh, how, yeah, how does that happen? Well, um, my husband and I, I, I knew that I could not have children. Okay. And so when we got married, we knew that we would adopt mm-hmm. and we started the process and we were actually just on the verge of making a trip to Russia to adopt. Yeah. And we had had done our home study here and we got a call and said, we have three that are legally free and we want to try to keep them together. Yeah. And they knew that I had grown up with four brothers and they said, we think that you guys can do it. Amazing. And so um, they were four, two and a half and one and a half when we brought them home. Yeah. Was the plan early on just to do one or was it just kind of, we'll just see what happens? Well, to, to do one. And, and as we were talking to people um, about going to Russia, we were yeah. told you might as well get two because of the cost. And so, so really one, maybe two, definitely not three, Yeah. but it's been awesome. So. What a fascinating and, and amazing experience to have, like, because it's very rare that you get three together, right? And obviously for them, they yes. obviously want to keep them together, but yes. to have that and to have them, you know, at, at such a young age too, mm-hmm. and then get to raise, oh, that's fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. And so they, they grew up, um, you know, with 4-H and horses yeah. and, and. Well, I mean, yeah, that's. I love that. I think that's brilliant. And and growing up, like you said, on the ranch and, and giving you know your kids now that lifestyle of growing up and, and all the kind of little values that you had and learned everything. And and, and, and you know, our son especially, the ranch gave him a, an opportunity to heal. There's a there's a saying that's the outside of the horse is good for the inside of the man. Yeah. And, and I think it was good for all three of them. Oh, that's so good. So good. How old are they now? They are... Um, 24, 23, and 22. Yeah. Are they they on the ranch? Are they involved? No. Well, um, one daughter lives with us. Okay. And she actually has a little one. So they moved back in with us. And so our granddaughter is is growing up on the ranch with us. That's amazing. So, yeah. Oh, it's so cool to have that. And and something I never would have expected. But that's that's brilliant. And that's one of the reasons that we do this podcast is to share stories like that. Like, Mm -hmm. that's that's special. So what an awesome little little turn to have. I love it. Um, um, so obviously, you know, you, you have a grandchild, which is incredible because they're special and, yes. you know, now you get to spoil the grandchild, <laughs> right? Whereas mom's probably like, stop giving him candy. And you're like, no, I can do whatever I want. Like, well, actually we don't give her candy, but we just bought her a pony. So she's 20 months and she has her own horse. So I think that we're well on our way. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So, so then you, obviously you and your husband have this experience. You get into... The, you you have the ranch mm-hmm. and you get into the business. I, I was the what is the kind of the state of the business at that time of, of, of and not personal business, but what is the state of the industry at that time when you get into having the cattle and thinking we're going to go and sell the meat and things that come from that. Well, we, as I said, he was a commodity trader, okay. and so starting out, it was we are going to. Um, continue our jobs. I was a photographer at the time when I moved back. My mom has actually been a photographer in Oklahoma for over 30 years. She had the first all digital studio in Oklahoma. So when I moved back, she taught me a lot of those skills and I was doing that on the side. As I said, we were only married a year and a half when we got the kids. So I pretty much had my hands full at that point. (laughs) But so the ranching was more of our lifestyle in addition at the okay. time. Yeah. And so we started with 100 acres and 20 head of cattle. And and then it just continued to grow because my husband, as our neighbor says, never met a cow he didn't like. Yeah. So we've added to that herd um, over the years yeah. and um, just continued to grow. And what, So this started late 90s? 
Yes. Okay. Yes. So that's when you, you have an... Um, well, we, we married in 1999, okay. so about yeah. 2000. Yeah. What, uh, obviously you get the passion for photography from your mum. Yes. Uh just kind of western style photography or everything um we mainly did portrait photography okay yes yeah so seniors families that kind of thing great business to be in right that's see that's one thing the the uk does not do is senior photos or any kind of photos like that somebody needs maybe just graduation photos but all this and out here i think the one thing that you guys definitely do a lot more than we do is graduate from anything (laughs) in the uk kindergarten eighth grade we don't have any of that we have like (laughs) university graduation and that's it which is you know it's funny i had those conversations with my parents like you know, we, we, they come over here and they go to friends' houses of mine. Like, Why are there so many photos of you in a cap and gown? <laughs> like, oh, th- and they do the same thing. It's yes. great. It's all of this. And, you know, I think in my, gra- in my grandparents' house, there's two photos of somebody in a cap and gown. And it's my mom and my aunt. And I love that's it. it. <laughs> it's yeah. just so funny that that's a cultural difference. Definitely. But again, great Definitely. business to yes. be in, you know. So that's fascinating that, sh- that you kind of have that um, photography side of things because, it's a skill that's evolved. I mean, the technology has evolved immensely. Obviously, immensely, over the time. immensely. Everybody's carrying a camera now. Yeah. But I find that people that um, that appreciate good photography right. love it, whether it's from a camera or from their cell phone or whatever. So, yeah. do you still get to get out and, and shoot? Not I from do. Your I iPhone, actually but the, um, was am just considering a new Canon. Yeah. That new. What is it? The the R R six or R yes that has some video capabilities so brilliant it's it's in my blood I think I can help you with that okay great Bedford's camera are a sponsor and they do very good deals awesome thank you Bedford yes Bedford's (laughs) are amazing shout out to them Uh, if you ever need anything I think I have a discount code with them I think it's this is okay so if anyone's listening that needs camera camera equipment use that and you get a discount I'm not sure what the discount is but you will get one Uh, but yeah photography is fascinating photography is how I took my senior year, I had classes in photography, and I kind of fell in love with it again because I had a camera back home. Didn't bring it to Wales. Didn't bring it to, to the states. But it, it for me, it's a, just a sense of getting out and peaceful, yes. and just you're out there. And, and obviously, if you're in the on the ranch, like it's you know capturing those exactly. moments. Exactly, and and it's the art piece of it. Yeah, you know, I love the that that aspect. So yeah, amazing. So all of these th- all of these things are going on. You have the little ones. You kind of you're working as a photographer, but you obviously have twenty cattle at the time, and then you're growing that. And this is you know late nineties, early two thousands. Mm-hmm. Fast forward us to now. Like, what are the do you? Th- is there a time in that business where it becomes this is our business now? You kind of drop the photography a little bit, and and it really takes off, and and you start really selling the meat and thinking. We should we should double down on this and do well, this. Well, as not just as the as the kids grew yeah. and they were involved in so many activities, and the ranch grew, then the photography I would do for clients that I had had for a long time mm-hmm. or for my own personal. But I kind of that kind of got pushed just a little bit, and it was more about the ranch and it was yeah. more about you know the kids. And then actually, our business really changed for me um, when our youngest graduated from high school Mm -hmm. because that's when I was looking for my next big project if you will and and I had just had more and more people at that point in time this would have been the um the fall of 2018 and I had more and more people coming to me saying we want to buy our beef from the ranch And and I told my husband I said I I feel this need because 
still, even today, the majority of the beef that we raise yeah. is sold commercially. So this is still just a portion of sure. what we do on Callison Ranch. But I said, I can do that. And I just started with what I, I had and it really continued to grow. Yeah. And, um, my husband Roger was with me one weekend. We are we are halfway between Oklahoma and Dallas, okay. where we're at around Ada, and um, more and more people wanted to take their Saturday and drive down to the ranch, get the beef, kind of take a little tour, see what what we do. Yeah. And he's the one who said, "Okay, you need more than just a freezer." To, for people to come to. Right. And he saw the vision in us actually putting in a, a small market on the ranch. And so we um, yeah. started getting, moving into Callison Ranch Market. Um, we were already shipping at that time, and that has totally been through our social media. Um, just this week, we sent beef right from the ranch in Oklahoma to Maryland, Arizona, Idaho, Texas, Oklahoma, Florida. So it, you know, they, they want that connection. But anyway, we decided this is something that I would do and, and it's continued to grow. Do you tie that kind of shipping it all around the country and, and I'm sometimes worldwide or into a different nation? Do you kind of see that and, and, and attribute that to the social media side of things? I would say definitely for me it is. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely social media because people watch our social media and feel like they know us but then but then once it started getting rolling um i think they also see that we have a premium product yeah and they want that premium product and find where to get it right well and the great thing is people develop the the taste that they like right yes but i love the fact that you kind of you you recognize the the shift at the time that people were shifting towards buying you know, locally raised or, or just, you know, they, they can see, and, and thanks to social media, they can see the story behind yes. the food that they're eating, you know, and, and how that develops. Because, you know, it, people kind of seem to care a lot more now. Yes. And just, they know where their food comes from and how it was raised. Yeah. And, um, and, you know, that was in the fall of 2018. Well, enter COVID in 2020, and it exploded. Really? Yes. I would say that from between... February of 2020 yeah. to April 1st of 2020, our sales quadrupled. That's I never would have thought that. The, Everybody wanted to find it online. So yeah, and obviously you guys were very well positioned. Yes. You had a great, you have a great yes. website. Very easy for you guys to to do e-commerce online, yes. and, and the orders just coming in. Do you, so. Is it that moment where you just kind of have like a light, like the the, the dinging of the laptop keeps going off? <laughs> That's another order. What are we going to yeah, do? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but definitely definitely a blessing. So. Oh, for sure. And now you know, looking at the website, now you have what three hundred fifty plus. Cow, cattle come from you know you've gone from 20 to that yes like you said your, your husband <laughs> never met cow you didn't like so you i going. on the other hand have met several that i did not care for but <laughs> it's a hard business to be in and i'm sure there i mean you get good eggs and bad eggs right it's, but we uh, also ha- I, I have to give a shout out we have some guys that have have worked with us yeah for 
10, 15 years, and we couldn't do it without them. They're yeah. awesome. So. so for the for the uh, people listening, you know, and I'll put the link to the description for the web yeah, link to the website in the description. You guys can go and check that out and, and order some food from you know while we're doing this, but. What predominantly is kind of the, the products that you sell and do you have a best selling kind of what was like the most popular stuff and then just the well, product range in general? We when when Roger and I went to Africa on mm-hmm. a safari a number of years ago, we found that it was amazing that nothing was wasted. Yeah. And we loved that. Mm-hmm. We loved that concept. And so when we send Uh, When we take our cattle to the USDA processor, which we use one right here in Oklahoma that's USDA certified, um, we said, if we can bring it home, we want to. Okay. So if that's the head, if that's the oxtail, everything. And so we find that we have a huge market for every piece, if you will. You know, if you're wanting to make lingua tacos with the tongue— we can help you out. Yeah. But I would say that biggest sellers are going to be your your ribeyes, and we do a really neat tomahawk ribeye, some things that maybe a little more difficult to find in the grocery store if uh-huh. you want that high-end restaurant quality. So we're, we're able to, to, yeah. to do that. And then also our beef sticks are super popular. So... so- Going back, tell me about Africa, because I mean uh-huh. that is something that is on a lot of people's bucket list is to go on a safari to Africa and and just experience that. Yes. How does that come about, and how long are you there, and, and is we, it just like a fact finding mission? Like what, what is the well, how we do you go went about that? when we that was kind of on my husband's bucket list. Yeah. And so um, we planned, you know, scheduled it like two years out, uh-huh. and um, I actually traded the photography of a girl's wedding where I did the photography for her to keep my kids while I was gone to Africa. <laughs> so, so we did a little barter there. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but we, we went and it, it forever changed how I see just our everyday world. Because when you're there, everything is so different. The fauna, the flora, the, I mean, it just, your eyes are so open. So when you come back, you see Oklahoma from a different perspective because it's it's not you know well I've seen this and maybe you from Wales yeah, yeah. maybe you see you see all the opportunities yes yeah. and things differently mm-hmm. so I would say that and and if somebody has the opportunity to whether it's Africa or Europe or whatever I'm I'm a big fan of travel yeah so. well and and to that point the different ways that like you said they don't waste anything but also the different techniques in the ranching style would have been all around the world are different yes. too right so yes. for you kind of getting to see those different exactly. ways that they do with the machinery they may or may not have you know and the, the hand ways to do everything and and I'm sure there were probably things that you ate over there you think I've never eaten this before in my life but. um most things that we ate over there we we yeah. did not eat any beef we had um we had kudu burgers um we ate wildebeest we had uh, they call it zebra instead of zebra yeah we call it zebra and we had zebra fillets yeah which is not the same as eating a horse i can promise you <laughs> but uh but anyway it yeah. um it was fascinating what a great experience yes and then you come back and like you said you see all this opportunity and nothing we're not going to waste anything we're not and yes. then you have the full product line of that what you have today mm-hmm. Oh, that's so fascinating. And we love doing that because even the, you know, even the, the head, there's only one per steer, of course. Yeah. And the cheek meat is highly prized by people who want to, 
um, make tamales with it, I guess. Okay. And so we'll have people drive up from Dallas or call. We have a waiting list for heads. I mean, it, I know that sounds, everybody knows that we have ground beef and, yeah. and roast and steaks. I mean, to steaks. be fair, there are a short supply of heads, right? Yes, like you, but, you know, you've got plenty of steaks, but you only got one head. But we, we love saying that, that the time and effort that went into this animal, yeah. we're not going to waste anything. Brilliant. So... That, I mean, that's so cool to have that and so cool to have you know like I never would have thought you'd have a waiting list for I mean it makes sense yes but you know it's not something I thought I'd hear today uh, do you I'm, partner with anybody on the cooking side of things because obviously like for me example I'm terrible mm-hmm. at cooking but you know but if I were to the tomahawk is probably one of the most glamorous looking bits of meat especially when you see it cooked properly and I would watch endless YouTube videos <laughs> on how to do it before I actually you know exactly cook. but do you partner with anyone or do you do any of the education side on how to cook this properly and, and to not you know waste the meat and do it in a right way well I'm I'm just recently been added to the Oklahoma Beef Council. Okay. And so they've called me in to do a few dishes. Yeah. And my grandmother, um, she was she was a, a caterer and an excellent cook. Um, she cooked for all the hired hands on their ranch. Um, and so, and I, I did a lot of the cooking. My mother does not like to cook either. Yeah. She is a very, very artistic, talented person, but cooking so when you've got four boys that you're trying to feed and your daughter likes to cook I did I did a lot of the cooking so I would say that that a lot of things I make may not be glamorous but they're good (laughs) but to answer your question I think that I've gotten more into the cooking recently as far as just showing it on social media because I have so many people say well I would love to buy a brisket but I don't know how to prepare that sure. and I'm, I'm thinking okay here's here's a void yeah. in my industry that I can sh- I can show you how to do that yeah yeah I had a recent podcast was with a, a gentleman who um who has a, a channel on, on Instagram and YouTube and he's a pastor but he loves grilling and barbecuing and stuff and that was he was mentioned he'd partnered with certain ranches just to have that educational side but the good thing is you you're a teacher as well so you yes. have back to the educational skills yes but it, wouldn't, it might be a good idea to partner somebody yeah, I'll connect <laughs> you guys for sure because I know you guys would benefit but it's it just cool to have that right because I think you, you you're full circling everything right you know you, you're showing people on your social media this is how we do everything you know and then when they get that piece of meat on their plate or on the grill you know you, this is how I would prepare it this is how different people prepare it but I think back to education is people aren't getting educated enough and I think they assume too much that oh they just throw it in the grill turn it up and it'll be fine yeah but every cut's different and every it, it is different and you're and you're losing the benefit of the premium product right if you're if you're not preparing yeah. it but there's so many easy ways to prepare it and to feed your family yeah. and like you said to, to show that full circle of this is something that um, we're unique in that all of the beef that we sell we have raised from start to finish so from the time that it's a calf Mm -hmm. to processing it's been on our ranch and uh, so we know exactly where it came from and so to me it's an honor and a privilege to say we I can help you feed your family make memories at your table with this beef that came from Callison Ranch yeah one of the other things I know you have a great YouTube channel uh, sorry great Instagram channel but your YouTube's kick backside you have sixty four thousand followers on youtube 
I didn't even know that. You've, yeah. <laughs> I, I, might, I might want to get on YouTube I can, more. I mean, I can cut this out if you want, but I, I mean, you can, you should definitely use that as a marketing tool. Okay, I'm well, I'm going to make that a personal challenge to do more YouTube. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm looking at your YouTube channel right now and you've got 64,000 subscribers. You have, I'm going to go to top video. Most popular video has 21 million views. You should probably. I didn't even know that. You should probably yeah. turn, and it's the horses run into the barn and know their own stalls. Yes. Yeah. You should probably turn up your advertising on, like turn up the uh, Google. You, well, you, thank you, thank you for that challenge. You're going to make some that. money from your 21 million views if you haven't turned your AdSense on. Okay. So, <laughs> I love that. This is, yeah, you, which is probably the reason why you have. The and, there, and there's videos on there that um, we were able to take a. Your kids are involved. There's a, really cool a drone videos. and uh-huh. show us riding across the Nature Conservancy. Yeah. And so. I'll take full credit for, for having Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so and good. I'm going to need to text oh, you as That's brilliant. Yeah. Um, but no, no, I mean, back to, I mean, to that point, like social media is so good, right? Like it, it's, it's worldwide. It's free for most part. Yes. You can spend money on ads if you want to, but it's such a great resource. And I, I sometimes I feel like I'm banging my head against the wall talking to some business owners and like, oh, but I don't have the time. I'm like, no, you should make time, but also please don't hire your 12-year-old kid to do it because then they don't know exactly. the educational side of the stuff that you do about your business. They might just take a picture and post well, it. Well, and I think I think people say I don't have time, but I, I have found that I, I have my phone with me mm-hmm. and... I have often been told that that our social media is very authentic, yeah. and I think it's because I don't mind if if we are, you know, pulling a calf. Um, we were loading some cattle on a cattle trailer last week, and I see it more as you're my friend, and I'm taking you with me. Yeah, which is a great way to do it, right? Because if it's polished, people don't trust it as much. Yes, I think. Um, but the way that you, like I said, you're, you're, hey, it's not, you know, it's not edited too much. This is how it really is. I'm not going to hide it from you, which is really cool. One thing I do want to touch on, back to you being involved in the Oklahoma Beef Council. Yes. Tell me about that. That's very important, obviously, for the state. But kind of, you know, what does that entail, you being on involved in that? Well, from a, there are beef councils in every state. Okay. In the and um, in the United States, and it is a support for the beef industry. Mm-hmm. So let's say we want to. Um, well, we did an ad with an Oklahoma Thunder player, mm-hmm. you know, a few years ago. Um, then we're able to come in, show how again yeah. educate how the beef can be can be prepared. Um, if you if you've not been on beefitswhatsfordinner.com, that is something that is. Um, we help um, support through the Oklahoma Beef Council and also on a national level. And it is a tremendous resource for recipes, nutrition, fitness, all things mm-hmm. that, um, that relate to our industry. And so, so we're really there as a, as a support for ranchers. Yeah. Because many of them feel that they are, you know, if, if you're just day-to-day out working on the ranch, you're kind of an island. Yeah. And so um, we're there to, to help people see, you know, the benefits of the product that they have to offer here in Oklahoma. Yeah. Uh, Tony Romo was your recent. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Which, I mean, there's people who love him, people who hate him, but everyone knows who he is. So very good get for you guys to, to have him involved. 
Um, but yeah, that's a great resource to have and, and to support the industry, right? Like, yes. I'm looking at the website now and it's got a lot of educational stuff on there as well. But, you know, from, from your perspective, to have someone like the Beef Council for you, you know, you as a business owner only serves you, you know, wonderful things, right? Does, does great things for you because yes, you're just Oklahoma, lifting up the industry. Exactly. The Oklahoma Beef Council, I can call them and say, I'm going to be at a farmer's market. Yeah. I need some literature you know, that shows whether it be recipes or nutrition information. And so they're able to, to be that resource for yeah. people. Yes. Looking back then, when you grew up, you know, people probably would have said, like, if they, if they saw you as a kid and they see you now, they're not going to be surprised. Right. They'd be like, oh, of course she does that because she grew I, up on a ranch. I don't know. <laughs> but, you know, but it, it's I love I know one of the reasons that one, really, one of the reasons I love doing this podcast is because of the ways you navigate through life and you yes. become a teacher and how you use those teaching skills in what you do today and how you educate people through the social media channels on your product. And it, every kind of turn that we take in life definitely use you know we definitely learn something from it and uses a you know, we help it. To, I can't get my words out today. It helps us in the next thing that we do, even though we probably don't think it will. It does. I just love that that you come through teaching and, and you have this this ranch now with your husband, and you know you're you're changing lives by doing it. People are at you're educating people. You're selling meat around the country. Like I think there's so many young people that that really get caught up in what am I going to do with the rest of my life, mm-hmm. and and I think instead if we can focus on some of those you know, what are you interested in right now? Yeah. Go do it and do it with a passion. Do it with hard work. Um, look for opportunities, network, meet people. And then that's going to lead you to another opportunity. And we have different seasons in life. And that's, that's part of the, I think the, the fun of life in general, instead of looking at it of, you know, I've got to, I've got to get this job and that's where I'm going to be. And this is my, you know, let open your eyes and there's a lot of opportunity out in the world right now and social media opens up many doors. Yeah. Mm -hmm. For people then who might be listening or might be watching this podcast then who think, Hey, I want an opportunity to go learn somewhere. Do you guys take interns? Is there an opportunity with you guys or through the council? Do you know places that do? I I do know places that take interns and I've actually recently had many people reach out. So, so I'm going to, I'm looking at taking a couple of interns. Um, I had, actually spoke to the um, um, a group of students from Purdue University recently and several of them were like we need to come to Oklahoma so yeah tell, tell me about the coffee side of things that's on your website too. yes yes yeah. we have um, we have found that that not only with our beef but I feel like we've worked really hard to brand ourselves uh-huh. and as I said we opened Callison Ranch Market and with that other products um, have introduced themselves, and we found another small business that we were able to partner with that mm-hmm. that roasts their beans in small batches. Yeah, and um, we now have a Callison Ranch coffee, and then other um, other flavors. And so we we offer that. Yeah, um, a lot of a lot of swag products, um, candles. You know, different candles, yeah. and and we're actually looking at 
um, launching a number of new products this fall. Okay. Yeah, because so. I'm, I'm on the website looking at the list. You've got candles and scents, cups and mugs, aprons, spices and salts. Obviously, it's a big one because yes, you, you have goes with the meat, I think too. that needs to, as I expand the cooking, yeah. the spices, definitely. So. Yeah. And then um, oh, beef sticks has its own thing because it's very, very, yes, and very popular. Nice. Yeah. That's so, I mean... The good thing is, and I, when you look at all this stuff, and when you can actually sit back for once and look at the business and think, where is there opportunity? Uh-huh. And then you find the time to dive into things, right? And and you might struggle with this because I know I do. Is I take ten things at once. I, I can do all of these things, right? <laughs> and then you think. I need to rein it in a tiny bit more. <laughs> you you yeah. might be like me, more ideas than you have time. Yes, but, uh, <laughs> 100%. But the good thing is, like, you know, we're kind of like, you know, it's, we, opportunity is a great thing, but also can be a bad thing because then we, we try and take on everything, right? So it's indecision. Mm-hmm. And you, instead of focusing on one thing and doing that 110%, you give 25% to something else. But by partnering with people that, you know, strategically, yes. that really helps you out yes. and takes care of a lot of the headaches. Love, the love right partnering with people. We've had yeah. other small, small businesses do pop-ups at our market because we built a, a patio right off of the market. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that we could have some events there. We're really looking this, this fall to do some long table suppers. Oh, I think yeah. that ag tourism in Oklahoma is really just getting, um, be amazing. getting rolling and people like to come and, you know, just, just yeah. be there. Just right. Be the to have so. like that starlight supper kind of experience yes. out in the middle of nowhere. Yes. On the and we would love to have piece. a chef and him talk about the cuts That'd and, and, and make it an experience. I think people, people are looking for experiences in their life. Especially after the whole last two years. You're so right. Inside. Everyone yes. wants to get out more and do yes. that, you know, uh-huh. and, and even if it's just driving down for the day and taking a tour and, and coming away with some meat and some yeah. swag. Oh, Bring, like bringing their kids. Yeah. We have a lot of homeschool moms. you guys have moms. The, the Airbnb thing too, right? We do. Yeah. We have a, um, right on the ranch, there is a um, little, like we call it the Creek Lodge. Yeah. And we've, we were renting it. We had a renter there for 10 years. And when they moved out, we thought, okay, perfect time. And we renovated it. And it's, it's really um, ranchy and Western, but super comfortable and yeah. uh, has a pool table and, and beds and a screened-in porch. And so, yes, we do lease that out where that people experience. can come and stay. Yeah. So finishing up then, obviously, you know, we've kind of gone in a massive kind of circle sort of today. We've been in and out of timelines, which is super valuable to people listening because there's so many things that add to the story. I mean, we're, what, 20 years in, 20, give or take 20 years in uh, to having this business? Mm-hmm. What's the next kind of you know, 20-year timeline, like, what are you, other than the products we obviously just spoke about, but what's the plan? What do you want to do and and kind of long-term, if I spoke to you in 30 or 40 years, you're like, I'm glad we did this. Um, That's a long 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 uh, time span. But I see see more and more of the the branding Mm -hmm. of the Callison Ranch. Um, We actually, the home that that Roger and I bought when we first got married, we sold that to some friends of ours, uh, that and the original 100 acres um, about a year ago. And so we are in the process right now, we bought a piece of property we call Chinkapin, which I'm just starting to kind of introduce on our Instagram. And after this podcast, we are headed over to the architect, Sam Gresham's office. I don't know if you're familiar with him. And he is working to help us build what we would consider our dream home 
on the ranch. Amazing. And so I, I really, um, I would like to do more writing and yeah. blogging. Yeah. And so, and maybe even some children's books that relate to, mm-hmm. to the ranch. And um, so I see, I see some of that in the future. And especially as we, we build Chinkapin and um, invite guests to come and stay there. Yeah. Where does the name come from? The Chinkapin Oaks okay. that are on the property, the okay. oaks on the tree that, yeah. that are there. We thought that was unique. And the, the house, are we talking a kind of massive barn dominium? Are we talking like, what is your, it's not going to be a giant steel glass structure, obviously. No, it's, it's not, not a steel glass. And, it, and it's, it's going to be on the banks of a, of a Beautiful. 14 acre lake yeah. that's, um, that is there on the property surrounded by the Chinkapin Oaks. Yeah. And probably more of a, um, what mountain modern type uh-huh. type home, but um, but definitely definitely something with um, that we see as plenty of bedrooms to, to host groups and yeah. maybe even have weddings out there and that kind of thing. So oh, awesome. Do you know Brett McPherson? At all? I don't. No, okay. Oh wait, wait. No, is she? Is Des- she I think I know her on, on Instagram yes, yes. as Designers Brew or that, whatever. Yes, yeah. I do not know her personally, but I definitely follow her on Instagram. Yeah, she. Uh, that's just someone who came to mind because she's in that world of doing ranching yes. and housing. Yes. And, in and fact, I think she's designer. doing a really cool project right now for the Stewart Ranch that I've been following. Yes. So I'll have to reach out to her. Yeah, she's great. Uh, but that's someone who just came to mind of that would be awesome to get you guys together and, you know, do the all into because I would love that. Brett has a vision. I'm terrible at that <laughs> stuff. That's why I pay someone to do it for me. But um, this has been an absolute pleasure. Thank, Thank you. you so much it's so nice up. to meet you. And yeah. I have loved following your Instagram you. and your podcast and what you're doing here in Oklahoma because no matter where I travel, I tell people that Oklahoma is one of the best kept secrets. It is an amazing place yeah. to raise your family and to, to be a part of. So thank you for what you do. Thank you. We, we have to try and keep it. That's, that's, yes. the, that's the hard part, right? It's like we <laughs> need to tell our story. You're out here advertising. Yet. Yeah, we need to yeah. tell it, but also we need to like keep some secrets for, for ourselves, exactly. right? Which the good thing is this is a big enough state for everybody. So um, is there anything else you want to talk about that we haven't covered? Um, the only other thing that, that I would say is not only can you pick up our, our beef um, at the ranch okay. uh, near Ada, we also ship it, but we have recently are the premium beef provider at Carlton Landing. I don't no know way. if you're familiar with the community yeah, yeah, yeah. over up by Lake, Uf- Lake, Lake Ufala. Ufala. Yes. Uh-huh. So they've opened what they call the pantry there. Okay. So if you're kind of over in that part of the state and want to, you know, just go through Carlton for the day, yeah. then you can pop into the pantry and pick up one of our tomahawks or, or whatever else that c- comes right from Callison Ranch. We, uh, I, my day job is real estate and we sell a lot of lot of places at Carlton Landing. Okay. So awesome. Katie up there does a great job. Yes, Katie of, uh, Chapman. Yes, does a fantastic awesome. job of selling for uh, for the, me and Katie are on the same team. So, okay. Small world. So you probably know uh, Wyatt Poindexter. I worked and, for Wyatt. I was with okay. him yesterday. Yeah. yeah. Wonderful. Yes. He, guys, he and Angie are friends of ours. So. Amazing. So yeah. I'm going to have to text him now because he has no idea that who I'm <laughs> interviewing today. That's great. Well, um, Nikki, thanks so much. This has been an absolute pleasure. Uh, I'm fascinated now. I need to dive in and do more history, do more doing research into the history. I, I think you and your wife and your dogs need to come by the ranch and my, check it out. Yeah, my dogs, I, they, I mean, they're, they're very, like, they're divas. I'll put it that way. <laughs> I would love to put them on a ranch um, just to see how they reacted. But I know one of them would have a great time. The other one would be with her tail between her legs, like hiding. Okay. Um, which is funny because she's the bigger of the two. But yeah, I, I'd love to do that. I think that'd be fantastic to come and check it out and, and see you down there and, and just be in your world. Because, you know, it's great to get away from, from 
you know, hustle and bustle of concrete life and city life is not that we have a massive city here, but it is a city. So thank you so much for that invite. For people listening, I'll put the links to the Instagram, the websites in the description. You guys can check that out and go to um, Nikki's YouTube channel because it's amazing. Now Uh, I'm going to have to get busy on YouTube. At Callison Ranch. (laughs) Callison Ranch Beef on YouTube and it'll come up and you'll see the video of the horses running into the the barn knowing their own stalls that has 21 million views, which has blown my mind. That's the best (laughs) thing that's happened today. This is so good. Uh, But yeah, thank you so much for coming down. People listening, like I said, I'll post the links in the description and we will catch you next episode. Cheers. This podcast is presented by the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, telling Oklahoma stories through its people since 1927. Follow them online at oklahomahof.com and definitely on Instagram at oklahomahof. Thank you for listening. We are inspired by those around us and hope that you are too. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review so we can keep telling your stories. For more great Oklahoma content, follow This Is Oklahoma on Facebook and Instagram.